Again, I want to welcome each of you who are worshiping with us for the first time. It's good to see your faces. For those who are worshiping online, a warm welcome to all of you. On the 28th of September this year, Hurricane Ian made a landfall in southwest Florida. It landed as a category four hurricane. The wind speeds were up to 155 miles an hour and it pushed ashore at given time over 12 feet of water. The pictures that we saw of the mass destruction that was left in the wake of Hurricane Ian made us wonder how could anything have lasted. A New York Times article I read said the scale of destruction from Hurricane Ian threatens to destabilize Florida's insurance and the real estate market, and that the actual cost may exceed $67 billion, that's billion with a B, greater than even what Hurricane Andrew had done to Florida. Reading the news and seeing the pictures, you would wonder, could anything survive? Could anything remain unscathed by the hurricane? I was reading NPR and I realized that there was in fact one community development that survived the onslaught of Hurricane Ian. You see what had happened, the developers knew, knowing that where they were in southwest Florida was a hurricane prone area, they purposefully built the homes in that area to be hurricane resistant. The developers knew that they were in the trajectory of anywhere from June 1 to November 30, which is hurricane season, to have hurricanes passing over that area. And so they were very intentional in how they were going to build these homes. And so what they did, they got particular materials that were sturdy enough. When they were digging the foundation, they went down deep to ensure that the foundation would last. They, they got particular materials for the roofing and for the windows that could sustain, that could beat a sustained wind of 155 miles per hour. When the pictures came out, this community, only a few fallen trees and probably some banging doors, but most of the homes were still intact. Hurricane Ian didn't do the damage as what it had done to other neighborhoods in the area. Today I stand before you as your pastor and I tell you that there will be hurricanes in our lives. And the hurricanes that I am talking about are not ones that are formed by atmospheric pressure. They're not ones that may come at 150 miles an hour. They're not ones that may bring 12 feet of water, but they're hurricanes nonetheless. I'm talking about the hurricanes of life. Hurricanes that come that we were not expecting, the storms of life that will blow, that will rattle even the very foundations on which we build our lives. We will experience these hurricanes in ways that go far deeper than any destruction of a physical building. And more times than not, more times than not, church, these hurricanes will come, these storms of life will come when we are not expecting them. You see, unlike the atmospheric hurricanes that happen where a meteorologist can tell you that there is something building in the, off the coast of Florida or in the, the, the waters of Jamaica, these hurricanes do not give any signal, they do not give any warning, they just happened. 
A friend of mine texted me this morning. She said, I am in the hospital. Was she expecting to be there? No. But it happens. Hurricanes are going to happen in, our, happen in our lives. And what do we do when they happen? How do we respond? How do we weather the storms when the storms of life come? What do we do, church? You see, they, they can't be predicted. They can't be forecasted. They can't. They just happen at certain times in our lives. And no matter what age you are, at a certain point in your life, I promise you, it's not if, but when the storms of life come when they come and so we must always be on the ready we, we must always be prepared for the storms of life because they're going to come the good news is that as disciples of Jesus Christ we have the necessary resources to be prepared for whatever storms that life will bring our way as, as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ, we have all that is necessary for whatever life will bring our way. Today, we're beginning a new series called, Who Do We Choose To Be? And I believe that who we choose to be is quite relevant for our time because we are living in a season when we realize that there is a discontent across the country. We are living in a world where we see that there are wars happening. And even in our own country, we are seeing where the political lines are drawn and, and, and they're on either side, people standing, thinking that the persons on the other side are their enemies. We are living in a time when there are, there are heightened tension and, and there's nationalism and there's the racial tension that keeps on beleaguering us as a country. In three weeks, we will have the midterm, midterm elections. And, and, and who we vote for may not be the person who will win that election. And, and when that happens, how will we respond? How will we respond when others push against us? When, when others disagree with our values? How will we respond when others think that the rights that we have as human beings should be taken from us? How will we respond? When the storms of life come, church, how will we respond? This morning I will tell you the best and the, the only true way to survive the storms of life. The gospel lesson that you hear just read this morning basically gives us the blueprint for how to navigate and to build to face the storms of life. Jesus was teaching his disciples and he was telling them that the kingdom of God is here and it's now and how they should live to reflect the reality of the kingdom of God being in their midst, the kingdom of God being among humans. And when he was done, he told them something that was important to follow, something important to know regarding his teachings. You see, church, it's one thing to hear the gospel. It's one thing to hear the teachings of Jesus, and it's a whole different thing to do them. It's one thing to know your Bible. It's a whole different thing to practice what you're taught or, or what Jesus teaches in the Bible. And so Jesus said to them, you know, if you follow my teachings, if you follow what I have said to you, this is what will happen. If you follow it, this is what will happen. It will be like a man who builds a house on a rock. 
And when the storms of life come, and, and the storms of life will come, when the storms of life come and when, when the winds blow hard and the waters rush up against that house, the house still stands firm. The house still stands after the storm. But he also told them, if you hear my words, if you hear my teachings and you do not follow them, you are like someone who builds a house on sand. And when the storms of life come, when the winds blow and when the, the water rushes in, the house crumbles and falls because the foundation was not deep enough. So we need to look at what the teachings are that Jesus said that they should follow. And if you go back earlier in that text, in Luke chapter 6, if you, if you go back earlier beyond before verse 46, you will hear some of the things that Jesus was teaching his disciples. He was telling them, do not judge. Basically, he was saying with them, deal with your own sins before trying to correct the sins of someone else. Do not judge. And when we live in a time where people are quick to pass judgment, Jesus was saying, do not judge. Basically, don't do it. Fix your own self before you try to fix someone else. He, he was telling them, do not condemn, so that you will not be condemned yourself. He was telling them to give generously. Give in such a way that you will receive even more than what you have given. He was telling them to love. And, and this is where it gets tricky, church, because he was telling them to love not just those who love them, because that is easy. It's easy to love Jess because Jess will come and say, Reverend, how are you today? You know, Jess has that kind of bubbly personality. She will come and like, Reverend, how are you today? You know, it's, it's easy to love Jess, but is it easy to love Carolyn when Carolyn says something that gets on your last nerves? Is it, is it easy to love Carolyn? <laughs> and not only just to love, but to love your enemies. To love your enemies. Jesus was, was telling them what the kingdom of God is about, which was different from the principles of the world. Because if we know how the principles of the world work, if we know how they go, we know, we know basically if someone offends you, you stay as far away from that person as you can. If someone lies on you, you mark that person off. If someone has done you wrong, you say, that's it. I am washing my hands of you no more. And Jesus is saying, the kingdom of God is, 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 is the opposite. Do it this way and you will live, and you will live the abundant life that I came so that you could have. He said, do good to even those who hate you. And you see, church, this is where the hardship comes in. This is where it's hard to grasp that kind of, that teaching, because we know for those who hate us, for those who have been unkind to us, doing good to them is not easy. And Jesus is saying, I know it is not. But basically, if you, if you treat others as how they treat you, then, then what kind of world will we have? If we treat others as how they'll push against us, then there will be no moving forward. There is no way to move towards goodness if we treat others exactly as how they treat us. Especially when if they treat us in a way that is against our values. 
So Jesus is teaching them how to live in an antithetical way to the ways of the world. If you hear my teachings, Jesus said, and if you follow them, if you hear my teachings and you follow them, you will be like someone who has built on a rock. And you see, the truth is the disciples understand what Jesus was saying about rock and sand. If you've ever been to Israel, you, you understand the terrain of that country, how you'll, you'll walk some areas and you'll see the exposed face of a rock. You see that solid rock. And if you go some of the places, you'll see like, like sand or clay areas. You, the, the disciples would have understood that well, what it means to build on sand or to build on rock. And, and I thought about it because I, I live in Jamaica for, I was born and raised there as you know, and I, I thought about what it means to go to the beach in Jamaica and to, to dip my toe into the sand and see the sand shifting and my toe prints are left behind because you see sand is shifty. It, it doesn't stay, it's not as consistent as rock. And it reminds me, this is what Jesus was warning us against, not to build on sand. And we build on sand when we do not take on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Because what happens then is that we're, we're building on the values and the teachings of the world which are shifty. You know how it goes. For a period of time, we, we, we hold certain values as a people. And then 20, 30 years later, the values change. At one period in life, we have this much knowledge. And as we advance technologically, our, our knowledge increase and what we had known is no longer as relevant as what we know now. We know how life is where our values are shaped based on human whims and moods and feelings and, and ever so often they are shifting. The latest fad, the latest thing, the latest whatever it may be. But Jesus says when you, when you build on a rock, and if you, if you know what a rock is like, the firmness of a rock, if, if you build on rock. And as Jess was reading that passage of scripture, it just came back to me. Jesus said the person who builds on a rock digs down deep. The person digs down deep until they find that firm and solid foundation. And when they build on that, when the storms of life come, they will not be moved, they will not be shaken, they will not be destroyed. You see, the thing about sand is that because sand is always so shifty, the structural integrity will always be compromised. Sand is so shifty that the structural integrity will always be weakened. And that's what happens when we build on the principles of the world, when we build on the values of the world, when the world tells us to do this, do that, be this, be that. And every 10 or 15 years, the values and the principles change. And Jesus is saying, what I'm telling you as the kingdom of God is concerning, what concerns the kingdom of God, I'm telling you things that are eternal, things that are life-giving, things that are solid will hold no matter what season of life you are in. When you build on them, they will hold. St. Mark, how we build is dependent on how we choose to build. You see, while we may not be able to determine fully the cost of materials to build a physical house, 
while we may not know at what time of the year, be between June 1 and November 30, a storm will come, while we may not know how strong the storms may be, we do know that how we build when it comes on to the values of our lives, it's our choice. We can choose how we build. We can choose to be a people who show compassion. We can, be, we can choose to be a people who show love. We can choose to be a people who, even when the world pushes against us, we can stand and say, we are children of God, we are made in the image of God, and we will not respond in like manner. We can be the ones who stand up and say, we are going to love you even when you despise us. We are going to do good, good to you even when you hate us. Who do we choose to be? So I mentioned earlier the midterm elections are coming up. I'm a little bit concerned about what the outcome may be because I know that there are so many who do not hold the values that we hold. And if it turns in a way that it goes against the values that we hold, how will we respond? How will we respond as St. Mark? I can only assure you that if we follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, we will indeed be like that person who built on a rock. Yes, our feelings may be hurt. Yes, we, we may have to defend our values and our principles more times than we would want to. But if we build on the principles of Jesus Christ, at the end of the day, at the end of everything, we will stand. We will stand. So I encourage you today, be that wise person who builds. Be that wise person who builds on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Let us be the church that builds on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Come what may, we can choose to be wise people. We can choose to be a wise church. Because all that we need to be wise is found in the teachings of Jesus Christ. All that we need to survive the storms that will come, not if they will come, but the storms that will come. All that we need, we have in the teachings of Jesus Christ. So I stand before you this morning. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know how the election will turn out. I don't know what 2024 general election will look like. I don't even know what next week is going to look like. We see the debates. We see the acrimony. We see the lines being drawn. We see the battle, the, the, the battle cry or we hear it coming. But I want to tell you this. We are the church of God. We are the city on the hill that Jesus talks about. We are the light in this community and beyond. Let no one put out our light. Let no one put out our light. Let us shine as brightly as we can shine. Let us stand for justice. Let us stand on the teachings of Jesus Christ.
And when we do, come what may, we will last because we have built on a firm foundation. Amen.